3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Our second hour, Chad Hartman, Dave Harrigan here. You just heard Laura.
4: Obviously, the primary story today is the, the funerals, honoring, mourning, mourning, the uh, two officers and the paramedic who were killed. I talked about that with Adam ending his show. We talked about it for multiple segments in the first hour. We certainly will get back to it again in the uh, second hour. You can always podcast our show. I, um, I value podcasting a lot. And I thank those who are, already podcasting their show. I would love, absolutely love to include more people who podcast. I think Dave does a fantastic job in this area where you can listen to hours if you would like. You can listen to segments, certain half hours, however you want to consume the show. We love when you listen live. Thank you. But life's busy. Life happens. Work happens, fun happens, family happens. So outside, if it's a company that doesn't own us, they're they're not going to post us. But pretty much everywhere else, you're going to find our show, Chad Hartman Show, and you can podcast. So please, give it a try. Try it for two weeks if you don't want it. Uh, Dump us. Also, follow us on Twitter, uh, including Dave. Absolutely follow Dave, Dave underscore Harrigan. Uh, and uh, Chad Hartman show. I want to circle back to a few texts we receive. We talked parenting with uh, Rena, including how Dave's youngest threw up on him and issues I've had with my kids and the trauma Rena's daughter had. And, oh, I'm I'm eating this time. I'll never listen to you. It's an adult radio show where we talk about events, which happen in our lives, including parenting, which is amazing. And it's also a pain in the ass at times. I hope you're not such a precious little flower that if we talk vomit, that you, your whole day is ruined or I'm never going to listen to you now because of that. I mean, come on, lighten up Francis. Um, I did not see the uh, John Stewart ode to his dog until after we were done yesterday. And I've talked a lot about how saddened I am today by just the loss of the lives of the two officers and the paramedic and just the words. You can't reason with evil. I want you to listen to John Stewart talking about his dog. I'm not equating a dog to human. But I will say to those of us who've lost an animal we love, it's horrible. It It, it is horrible. And Stewart is back on his show. He's the executive producer full-time. He's hosting on Mondays. Love him or hate him, he makes an impact and this is a little bit of John Stewart the other day talking about his pooch.
5: And just a quick little context here, Chad. We pick it up, Stewart's talking about having brought his kids to this animal shelter in New York to just try to raise a little money on a Saturday and this is uh, this is yep. what happened.
6: Yes a little extra incentive. Uh they brought out this one ish year old Brindle Pitbull, uh who uh hit hit by a car in Brooklyn and lost his right leg. Um, So it was a perfect idea. They put the dog in my lap and uh, we left that day feeling really good that we'd helped this great organization. And we also left with this this one-ish-year-old Pitbull. we called him Dipper and uh, in a world of good boys he was the best um, he used to come to the Daily Show every day he was part of the OG Daily Show dog crew <laughs> Parker, Quali, Dipper, Riot they were, they were the OGs in the office um, and they were, Dipper would wait we'd come and take the show and Dipper would wait for me Uh, to be done and uh, he met actors and authors and presidents and kings and Dipper passed away yesterday he was ready he was tired but I wasn't and the family we were all together thank goodness we were all with him but boy my wish for you is one day you find that dog that one dog, that just is the best.
4: Ah, wow. <clears throat> if, you, if you love your pets at different points in your life, I think we all can identify with John Stewart. I mean, the two lines that jump out the most to me, Dave, one day I hope you find a dog, that dog, that is the best. And, this, and then early on in, in a world of good boys, he was the best, talking about his dog Dipper. I, uh, I become more and more allergic to dogs later in my life. And I, if I was going to offer up a list of things that I'd like to change in my life, um, I would include that. It wouldn't be at the top, but it wouldn't be far from the top. Now, I'm lucky because Kathleen has Charlie, and Charlie, Kathleen and I used to live, you know, um, about 200 yards from each other. And now she lives further away, but I see Charlie probably five days a week, and I love Charlie. <laughs> Charlie loves me, and uh, Charlie is a 13-year-old English Springer Spaniel, and man, I love him. And I, you know, when you lose your dog or your cat or, I mean, that neighborhood the other day, they were talking about losing, was it Kenny the turkey? Again, it wasn't quite the coyote, but we (laughs) learn to love our animals. And I can remember still remember the phone call in uh, 89 I'm living in Orlando and I'm broadcasting like 90 maybe 85% of the twins double-a games they we just were on a hard rock and heavy metal stations this is they didn't carry all of them and I was able to come up for a weekend and yes I was naming all the dogs after golfers and we had this great dog named Watson and as friendly as can be. And if you, if you didn't fall in love with Watson within about two minutes, there was something wrong with you. And I flew back Sunday night and on a Tuesday, some coward hit Watson, killed him. And by the way, dogs get hit. I'm not saying that, but drove away and wasn't accountable and when the vet found Watson, thought by where Watson was hit, that Watson most likely didn't die right away, so suffered. Some pathetic individual who, I just talking about this makes me mad, just couldn't take a little bit of their time. You don't hear that you hit a dog and, and think, oh, it's no big deal. Two other times, had to put dogs down, and Nicholas was one. Yes, more golfers, Dave. Um, Nicholas was a black lab who was part of our lives for a long time. Like a lot of dogs, the arthritis was just making life incredibly difficult for Nicholas. And one of my close friends at the time, his wife was a good friend of mine. And she was a vet, and we put um, Nicholas down at the house my father had on the St. Croix River. And another one, um, Sevy, like Quentin still calls the house out there, Sevy's house, because the dog, just an amazing dog. Sevy meant the world to Quinny. Just like Charlie now. Charlie is Quentin's <laughs> favorite thing in life. I mean, Mom and Dad are tied for second. Charlie's number one. And when I had to go to the vet, and it was just Sevy and I at the vet, and Sevy just looking at me and saying, "Please let me go," because Sevy, to pick up on Stuart, was tired and was struggling and used to be this most enthusiastic dog and by the way he was too enthusiastic at times because he was incredibly protective of us too protective of us he he, he could get very angry with other people where sometimes dave the folks who would come out to my father's place would say where's this dog <laughs> we at one moment the dog loves us and then if we go in the house the dog is incredibly protective and as soon as we had our kids we worried uh, how how going to be around our kids instantly loved our kids just that bond which dogs can have and i just remember sitting in there and i just just started dating jen and she's like i'm i'm willing to come you know and uh, I said, I just have to do this one of my own. And I just, God, that was just so sad. So I'd love to hear from you on just what your pets mean to you. And when you lose them, how tough it is. But also how much you love them when they're with you. And for a long time, you just can't think of life without them. Picking up on what John Stewart had to say. And I just think it resonates with so many people. So uh, reach out. Give me a phone call. Give me a text about animals and you. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. We'll talk S at the bottom of the hour, but I'd love to hear from you right now about your animals. I'm talking dogs right here, but no matter the animal, how important they are to you. Uh, We'll be back in moments on CCO.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yesterday was a very lighthearted show.
4: Today has been uh, fairly sad. Uh, First of all, and most prominently, with the uh, funerals taking place at Grace Church in Eden Prairie for our fallen heroes, and then we're also reacting to John Stewart's poignant words about his dog Dipper. Dave, I know I know you love animals. Also, I shared a couple stories uh, before I get to a lot of text, and I, and I immensely appreciate the text. The passion is coming through. If you want to add a phone call too about your pet and how much love they brought you and how tough the end was and, and how you still miss him phone call or a text would be great. Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. What do you want? What do you want to say, sir?
5: The words from Stewart of, you know, in a world of good boys, he was the best. That's non verbatim, but pretty much the exact sentiment I say to my dog almost every day of, you know, he's the best boy. He's the bestest of the best boys. and, We, his name is Dylan. He's an Australian Shepherd lab mix. He is the most gentle big boy I've ever met. Uh, We got him when he was about two, two and a half. We're not really sure, but that was in 2013. So we've had him for going on almost 11 years now. And it's, it's, it's funny how our, just the relationship has changed as our, as our family has changed. He used to be my Running, buddy, all the time. We'd go on runs constantly. We'd go on long walks. You know, those are things we can't do as much anymore. He can still walk, but you know, running after about uh, two minutes, he says, "I'm I'm done with this. I'm an old man. I can't do this." But ever since we, you know, in- introduced kids into the family, I my oldest is a little over seven now, just seven in a few months, and <laughs> how it's changed with them and seeing them grow to love him has been an absolute joy and, and a treat and you know, to to see them love him up, to see them use him as a pillow sometimes as he's laying down and they'll just snuggle up and lay their head on him. Or the other day, in fact, just last week, our uh, our youngest was taking a nap during the middle of the day when I was here and my wife was home and she sent me a photo of uh, of Dylan taking a nap with her. Just right next to her bed. Yep, <laughs> right. and that's never so happened good. before. So phenomenal. She walked by and was and was wondering. You know, she had left the door just cracked, but mostly shut. And walks by. Why is the door open? I haven't heard Molly up. I haven't heard her walking around. No, it's it's Dylan. It's the dog that went in and decided I uh, I need a spot to nap, but it's going to be right next to her. And um, you know, I think I think back to the day of you know, several years ago. We were out for a walk. In the Forest Lake area by a cabin my wife used to had, And two dogs came out. They were off leash and attacked him. And we both left that day with stitches. Me on my hand and him and his leg and uh, on the back of his skull where he got bit, too. And for about six months after that, he was, he was, it was, it was different. It was a different type of relationship between the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> And he was, he, whenever I was home, he was in my back pocket. And mm-hmm. that's, that's still kind of the same today, not as it was right after that. But it was just that, it was it was a feeling of, you know, things have changed. And, you know, I, I saved him, he saved me, whatever. It was just a feeling of, mm-hmm. while wow, we were in this together and we're, yes. oh, goodness. Like, I'm feeling everything was Stuart was feeling in the, the, the day we have to say goodbye is
4: <laughs> I can hear you <clears throat> yeah I, I I think everybody can hear you and knows I um it's just one other brief story and I'm gonna get a lot of text here the The first time Quentin had a, uh, a seizure which has changed his life in a way we couldn't have envisioned he had a grand mal seizure And we didn't know if he was just dying right in front of our eyes, and just led to this long, long day of all sorts of testing and some results right away, a lot of results which were coming back later. And um, he ended up staying at it was was his day to stay at Kathleen's that day, and when she sent me the picture, and Charlie was borderline spooning with Quentin, just knew. He had to be there with him. And normally, as God is my witness, he lays it in the bed. Not this day. He was laying. He had found a way to carve a spot under the blankets. He never goes under the blankets. And he's laying on the pillow. And he's got like almost, almost not completely had his paw over him. Like you do with Lindsay. It was just amazing. Let me just get to a few texts here. Chad, we had to put down our our 16-year-old German short hair during COVID. She and I did everything together. She was ready to go. My my wife wasn't allowed in when they put her down because of COVID. Oh, that's awful. I think of Belle every day. I bet you do. The deepest, truest bonds I've had, and gut-wrenching pain, saying goodbye. I've had multiple cats and dogs. Whatever it means, I feel a bond deeper within the people, this – Thus, huge grief upon loss, the hardest thing in my life, losing a pet. Chat, in your mind, what was the driver of the vehicle supposed to do when he you hit your dog? Maybe that person did stop. If you hit a dog, you hit a cat, you hit an animal, and in this case, a domesticated animal, you stop and you call the authorities to see what can be done. By the way, Watson... Had a huge tag where he lived. It was three houses down from our house. Do a hell of a lot more than he did. Texter. Chad will try to make and not make this text lengthy. But my basset hound was an incredible gift to me. My mom passed away. My daughter moved out. Um. Got on home. I put my 21-year-old cat down all in the span of three months. Naturally, I go to Humane Society and find another friend. He and I shared many walks on the St. Brown through lots of good places to sniff and dig. Fast forward to 2020, I'm diagnosed with breast cancer. Two days after my first chemo infusion, he had a stroke. He was about 13, tired as well. He knew that I needed to deal with this and not to have to worry about it. I miss him every day, but it was really good timing. Man, there's a lot more, too. Uh, I really appreciate you reaching out with all these. It's just the power of, of, of dogs and cats for us. Uh, we have a Twins game on Friday, so that means Major, if he was available, would come on another day. Well, there's all sorts of news today, so it's a perfect day to have Major Garrett on from CBS News. He's next. Great day to have major on. Any day is a great day to have major on, but a lot going on right now. He is the master of the copy machine. I'm told he's on cameo no idea, now. If you just want to have him mmm, mm, yeah, working your name. He's he's available. Uh, all right, let's start with that's, Mitch McConnell. That's, that's my that's my that's my next career.
1: My my cameo career awaits me.
4: I can't wait. I'm going to ask you to just say some of the filthiest things ever. And you'll have to do it for like five dollars or maybe I don't know, hundred dollars. Exactly. Yeah. I'm downplaying your impact. Mitch McConnell says yeah. I'm leaving my leadership position. He is the longest yeah. serving leader in 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 the history of Congress. He is saying he's going to serve out his term mm. through twenty twenty six, but the leader of the Republicans, at times the minority leader, the majority leader, he's 82, he's saying, it's my time to step away, but he's also acknowledging the rather dramatic change in uh, within this party. So I ask you this, yeah. Major, if Donald Trump isn't still the leader of this party, if he had walked away in 2020 and... Who knows who's in the middle of the race right now to be the Republican nominee? Does Mitch McConnell make this announcement today?
1: No, no. And Mitch McConnell made a calculation. uh, And rare for Mitch McConnell to so badly misread a calculation because he's usually pretty good at not only understanding the politics of the moment, but where politics are heading He calculated that it was not necessary for the Republican Senate to impeach and convict, well, the House impeached, to convict former President Trump after January 6th because the politics and the memory of January 6th would take care of that for him and all the other Republican senators who were inclined to vote to convict but didn't. They were betting, well, look, there's no way that Trump can bounce back from this. Even Lindsey Graham is off the reservation and says so on the Senate floor. And when Mitch McConnell said in his remarks that have been replayed many times since, the former president is responsible morally, ethically, and legally, civilly, and criminally Mm -hmm. for everything that happened on January 6th, he thought that process would not only play out on the legal front, but the politics of it would never foist Trump back on Mitch McConnell again. Well, he misread that entirely. Not only is Trump back, he's on a complete glide path to the Republican nomination. He will be the Republican nominee, absent some earth-shattering event that takes him out of the race, either legally or health-wise. And Trump has long detested Mitch McConnell, detests him now more than ever, and the Senate Republican coalition— has more Trumpist in it now than it ever has. As the House Republican conference has become more Trumpist, so has the Senate. And McConnell knew, because he can count votes, that if he stayed and tried to be leader again in January, he wouldn't be it. He wouldn't be reelected. So he's making the move now, essentially conceding the obvious. Trump runs the Republican Party. Trumpists are becoming more powerful in the United States Senate, and he better end up on his terms as opposed to somebody else's
4: if donald trump wins in november and is once again the president of the united states who will he basically install (laughs) who will he say you're going to be my senate majority leader who is that person
1: so uh, trump can have and will have some influence on that but a lot of that will be determined by The politicking that will go on between now and that January vote for Senate Republicans. And they had a kind of dress rehearsal for this at the last election. Rick Scott from Florida ran. He didn't get very far, but he made it clear that this anti-McConnell, pro-Trump, part of the Senate Republican conference was going to get a hearing. Rick Scott won't be the only candidate in. Uh, There are those who are in line, John Thune. Uh, John Cornyn, Tom Barrasso, they're all in line, all have endorsed Trump. Thune did just the other day, I believe, because he knew McConnell was going to do this and he didn't want to have not been on the record for Trump before this happened. Mm -hmm. So all three of those who are next in line will vie for this. And they will all try to prove themselves to Trump and the Trumpist wing of the Republican conference between now and then. I wouldn't be at all surprised Chad, if there are four or five candidates for this come January and because you have so many candidates, things get fractured and divided and coalitions move on from one who drops out, so on and so forth. So it's very hard to predict that now. And unusually in these kinds of elections, even a figure as powerful as Trump cannot just say, this is who I want. And make it happen. You could have influence at the margins, but this will be played out by Senate Republicans as they decide. And a lot of that will be determined by the quiet, behind-the-scenes politics between now and January.
4: Let's do this. Let's pause a little bit earlier because I want to get to -hmm. to two other topics at minimum, which Mm -hmm. will uh, take some time and we'll have time with Major. The fabulous Major Garrett is with us today because we don't have a show Friday because the Twins are playing I want to get to Hunter Biden testifying today and also a major's reaction to what happened in Michigan last night and continuing on the topic involving Donald Trump, but include Joe Biden, his thoughts and where they're at with uh, primary results so far. Major's right back with us in minutes here on CCO. Major is with us. It's 49 past the hour of one. That man, Major Garrett, calling me a food bully, is the former governor of this state, Tim Pawlenty, who was an outstanding <laughs> guest. I uh, I was, I had been trying to convince, I don't know if it was Dave that day or Susie or somebody to go get me like a, a chocolate treat or something. Or, um, right. And then they were trying to be... You know, I'm on a diet. I'm not trying to eat this way, and I was, I was annoying them by saying, "Hey, let's just skip it. Let's just come on. Let's have a chocolate." So I being a jerk, Tim right, right, right? Yeah. Is that about right, Dave? You were being a jerk. That's what you were being. I was, I was encouraging us to <laughs> have a treat together, and. Yeah, I mainly wanted the treat for myself, so I was trying to include others in it. So when I told that story to Tim Poletti, he called me a food bully, and there's some truth to that. Dave, you would agree? 100%. Yes. He also, uh, well, talk politics was a major. And when I had him on Monday, Nikki Haley mm-hmm. was coming to town. And mm-hmm. I brought up the idea that Nikki Haley keeps talking about the 40% who didn't vote for Donald Trump in South Carolina, and then I I would right. assume she would add last night the twenty six percent who di- who voted for her again not voting for Donald Trump, and then we have in Michigan last night thirteen percent of the vote was uncommitted, mm-hmm. didn't vote for Joe Biden, uncommitted, yeah. and so I asked Tim yeah. Pawlenty, what do you think? What's going What's going to happen with these folks who are? Republicans are Democrats and they're skeptical of Trump or they're skeptical of Biden. Do you think they'll go somewhere else? And he was like, you know what? I know the skepticism is higher this time, but I still think they're all going to almost all, not all, but almost all are going to come back. And either if the Republican vote for Trump or Democrat vote for Biden. Do you agree with him?
1: I do. In the main. Uh, I do think it's problematic for Trump and more problematic than it is for Biden that Nikki Haley can continue to clock anywhere from 25 to 40 percent of people who simply in the Republican Party or participate in Republican primaries and caucuses just don't want to and will not go for Trump. Now, that doesn't mean that Trump in a general election up against Biden would lose those 30 percent. No, he'd probably get claw back 22 to 24 percent, maybe 25 percent. But if he doesn't have that other 5 percent, in very closely contested states of which Michigan will be one, Wisconsin will be one, Minnesota might be one. It was close in twenty sixteen. It was not close in twenty twenty. I don't know where the where the what the temperature reading is there on on the politics now, but Minnesota might be there. Georgia will definitely be in that category. Arizona, Nevada. Losing five percent of your base matters. It really matters. And for Biden in Michigan uncommitted over gaza and the palestinians is a very ripe very present visceral issue i'm actually surprised it wasn't higher because it's so front of the it's on front it's on the front pages every day the crisis is real the pain is real and the sense that the white house should and must listen more and the best way to get that hat to happen is to have a kind of rebellion against the president, not because you don't want to see him reelected, but because you want him to address this particular piercing issue. I was actually surprised it wasn't higher, because if there's any place demographically where that message could have been loud and yes, louder sure. than it was, it's there. So the one thing, the one thing I will say about Biden Yes, the polls show that people would he rather not. But every time he goes up, he outperforms. He's he's done. I mean, he's outperformed. He's he's, you know, eighty percent in Michigan's not nothing. Mm -mm. Up against this particular issue, South South Carolina as well, even New Hampshire where he was a write-in. He blew everybody away. You know, so Biden is doing fine. Trump is on on path to be the nominee. And we're going to have, as many have I've already pointed out, the longest general election
4: in recent memory. Yes. Uh, Aaron Blake from The Washington Post yesterday, with a good reminder, too, just talking about Barack Obama and uncommitted or no preference mm-hmm. right. in 2012. Uh, yeah. Kentucky, I mean, 42%. Yeah, there's a history of it in
1: Michigan, yeah, a yep. it in Michigan because and part of it is, is a reflection of disagreements with the Democratic National Committee about the positioning of the Michigan primary on the Democratic side, whether delegates would or wouldn't be counted and protest votes about that started in 2008. They continued in t- 2012. So there is a history. That's what I mean. There's a history yep. of it. There's a kind of a muscle memory. And then you have this enormously important issue. So I'm actually surprised yep. uncommitted
4: wasn't higher. And, and just to remind people to say, whoa, no Democrat has faced this. Well, Barack Obama in 2012, The uncommitted, no preference in Kentucky was 42%. In North Carolina, it was 21%. In Rhode Island, it's 14%. Tennessee, 12%. So it has happened before with someone in Barack Obama in 2012 who was perceived in a much more favorable way
1: by Democrats than
4: than Joe Biden. And by a lot. Okay. But three minutes left. Hunter Biden testifies. Mm uh in closed door committee today, it seems like it was uh uh Comer and and Jordan primarily asking the questions. He came out with Mm -hmm. a statement which he wanted the public to see and also he read to the committee and the key Mm -hmm. line along with some vitriol towards these folks was uh my father was never involved in my business. You know, you hear the Democrats come out afterwards, they're saying complete waste of time. They're just reaching, there's nothing there Mm And the Republicans are saying, of course there's something there. Mm-hmm. From what you know right now, mm-hmm. is there anything tangible, binding, back, backing up the Republicans' allegation that this goes back to the President of the United States? We all know that Hunter Biden wasn't qualified for a number of these positions, and, and, and it's, it faces some legal questions. But on the big question, Tying it to the president of the United States, do they have any proof at this point?
1: First of all, um, if we prosecuted in this country everyone who wasn't qualified for a senior <laughs> board of directors position, yeah. we'd be jailing almost half the population of trust fund babies in our country. So that's point one. Uh, that, that I'm not saying that's great, but it happens. And then, well, what about a foreign country? It's foreign. It's not American. Okay, great. I understand that. But there still is no connect the dots. And what Republicans have said over and over again, and these are their words, so they have to be held to account for their words, even though they would prefer in certain instances not to be, that they would connect the dots, that they would say, look, Hunter Biden is over here. He's got these either board of director positions or other things, business enterprises, and this will lead to the president and show that there are efforts to bribe the president of the United States to change American policy and for money that flowed through Hunter and went to Biden or the Biden quote-unquote crime family. And those dots simply have not been connected. They just haven't. And here's a key thing to remember about today's Hunter Biden appearance. Unless there was a last-minute change, which I haven't seen noted anywhere, Republicans themselves did not videotape it. In the era of Republican communication via videotape and its most frequent collaborator in the videotape mm-hmm. space, Fox News Channel, Newsmax, Right Side Broadcast Network, and the like, to not videotape this to me is a tell. That's Stop there, Ain't gonna be there. Nah, yep. Never mind.
4: I got to jump in on that, that, that I think people should not forget that because they would love to show this over and over and over again. On Uh, a loop. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
4: Thank you, my brother. Talk next week. We're back early next hour.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?